Our gospel lesson this morning is going to come from Matthew's gospel. From Matthew, we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it's been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, they went, there went the star that they had seen in its rising, till it stopped over the place where the child was. They saw the child had stopped. They were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with his mother. They knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we are finishing up the season of Christmas, uh, you, may, you may know the season of Christmas. You know, on the, on, I almost sang the song, but on the, 12th day of, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me whatever it is she gave to me. That actually, the 12 days of Christmas starts on Christmas Day and continues up until the 6th of this week, the January 6th, Epiphany. That is the day on Epiphany. It's when we celebrate the birth of the wise, the, the coming of the wise men. It's when we celebrate their arrival. So the 12 days of Christmas go from Christmas Day up until this week on Epiphany when the wise men showed up. So today is a, in the life of the church is Epiphany Sunday. We celebrate the coming of the wise men today. And so we read their story. And we talk about them. And I love the wise men. I, I love one of my favorite things that our church does is our moving nativity scene outside. And the thing that makes me the happiest about all that's awesome about our nativity scene is not just Mary and Joseph's journey coming to the, to the manger, I love the fact that the wise men don't start till Christmas Day because that's what the Bible says happened. They showed up after. So this year with the Rona, I've not been able to go to houses, to our Christmas parties that we always have. I've not been able to be with you and celebrate with you and, and all these things like we normally do. But normally, so you've been spared and my poor wife has been spared because what I'm always tempted to do when I go to someone's house and they have their nativity scene out and the wise men are present at the nativity scene, I'm always tempted to hide them, to take them and hide them, and then to give them back after Christmas so that the way the wise men can start traveling to the birth after that. Because they arrive, the scripture tells us that we see Jesus already born. They show up saying, hey, where's the king? And Herod's like, what you talking about? They're like, hey, we saw a star. We came all the way to see him. Herod's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Let me talk to my, my folks. And his folks say, yeah, it happened in Bethlehem. So they're looking for him. They show up later. Herod, we see this later in the, in the passage that Herod kills many of the children because he's trying to make sure that the king is not born. Herod was not a benevolent king, shall we say. 
So the wise men show up after the birth of Christ. I love, I love the wise men. Of all the, of all the traditional parts of the birth story, I think the wise men are always my favorite. I love their stories. I, I love what they're about. I just love, I love the wise men. They, they to me are, are my favorite. The wise men are most likely um, uh, members of a priestly group in Persia. Uh, most likely, most scholars believe the wise men were part of the Zoroastrian religion. Uh, Zoroastrianism is a religion that still exists uh, that was based out of Persia that is primarily a religion that studies the heavens and the stars. There are all these temples in Persia, uh, modern-day Iran, that were, were used by the Zoroastrians to study the heavens and to build their religion around the st- movements of the stars and around, around, around how everything happening in the heavens. Uh, they, they were the ones who kind of started the whole thing about horoscopes. Horoscopes have a Zoroastrian origin story, if you will. But the most important thing about the, the, the Gentile, about, about, about the wise men, not that they were, not that they were priests from this Zoroastrian religion, not that they were, but they were from Persia. They were Gentiles. They were Gentiles. So you're going to see an interesting, um, it's always an interesting dynamic to me, that these Gentiles who knew nothing of the Old Testament, knew nothing of the prophecies, knew nothing of the prophets, knew none of this. They, they were not familiar in any way with the, the, the Old Testament religion. But they saw the star in the heavens, and they traveled. We're going to talk about their journey in a second. They traveled. They traveled far to worship this new, pay homage to this new king born to the Jewish people. So these Gentiles who would, who would not have been familiar with any of the Old Testament or any of these things, they come and show up and worship Jesus to worship Jesus. And Herod, the Jewish king, with his, with his own, if you will, wise men, they missed it. The folks who should have seen the coming of the Messiah missed it. And the Gentiles who should have no idea what in the world's happening are the very ones who saw it. The Gentiles show up. They come with gold, with gifts, gold. gold. Gold is what a king uses. Gold is for the king. Frankincense was an incense that is used in worship. It is a gift for the priest. And then the, the, the high priest would then use myrrh as an anointing oil to, to anoint the body. Nicodemus uh, would have been would have would have brought a mixture of aloe and myrrh to prepare Jesus' body for burial. Gold, king, frankincense, priest, myrrh, burial, sacrifice. Jesus, in his very birth, is given the three essential parts of his life for us. He is our prophet. He is our, he is our king. He is king of kings and lord of lords. He is king. 
He is king. We need to understand that, that our, our primary citizenship is added to our heavenly kingdom. Jesus Christ is king of kings and lord of lords. The scripture says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is king of kings and lord of lords. He is our king above all else. We see the gold symbolic of his kingship. We see the frankincense symbolic of the fact that he is our priest. He is our high, he is our high priest. Hebrews talks about this, that through him, through Jesus, we have access to the Father. That we can go directly to God through the atoning work of the blood of the Lamb. That he is our high priest. He is at the right hand of the Father, even now praying for us, advocating for us, giving, repeating us to the Father. He right now, as we watch this sermon, as we participate in worship, Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father right now advocating for us. He is our high priest, and through him we have access to the Father. King, prophet, sacrifice. Through him, through his life and death and resurrection, he will atone for our sins. And we, we will be forgiven. So it isn't just that these Gentiles come and pay him homage and worship him. These Gentiles seem to already have a great understanding of who he is and what he will do and what his life means. Now their journey to um, Bethlehem was not, a, not, a, not an easy journey. They, they traveled thousands of miles. This is back before the days of cars and all those type of things. They had their camels. They had their ways to travel. And it was a difficult journey. It took years to get there. Years. Years. And it, it would not have been a... Notice how it says they went home by another route. Um, they, there were trade routes. There were trade routes. But these were dangerous routes. These were dangerous journeys. If you remember the story of the, of the Good Samaritan, uh, that, 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 um, that the man was going from Jericho to Jerusalem and he fell among thieves... These, uh, these trade routes that they walked on, they traveled on, were littered with thieves and bandits all over. I think about, honestly, the best way to think about the way they would have traveled from Persia to Bethlehem, think of the trace. Think of the Natchez trace. Think of how the Natchez trace with this trade route from Nashville to Natchez. That was a great road for access. It was great to travel on back in that day. But wasn't exactly the, it wasn't exactly the safest route. It was dangerous. It was full of, of thieves and robbers. And those who would steal from you. And those who would take from you. And make your journey incredibly difficult. And incredibly hard. Their trip to worship Jesus was not an easy trip. It was not an easy journey. It was full of a lot of a lot of challenges. So they go to Herod, who was the great king, who was the king of the Jewish people at that point. He was, he was, his authority was from Rome. He was not a king of his own right. He was a puppet king established by Rome to keep the people in line, to keep the people kind of going along, getting along. Rome, Rome wanted everybody to behave and pay their taxes. That's all Rome was worried about. Pay your taxes. They don't really care what else you do. If you want to practice your weird Jewish religion, that's fine. Just pay your taxes. Herod was their puppet king. But he loved the power, so we see that uh, that all we we see that he 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 has deceivious plans in mind, deceitful plans in in mind in the coming days to destroy Jesus. 
because he does not want anyone interfering and impacting with this ruling. He wanted powers, all that he wanted, and he would destroy anyone. Now, he was king of the Jews, but he wasn't a true king. And I think we see, don't we see already between Jesus and Herod, a contrast between worldly kingship and heavenly kingship? We see that Herod was, Herod lived in a palace where Jesus was born in a humble stable. Herod possessed great power. Jesus was a helpless infant. Herod was cruel and violent. People were afraid of him. Herod ruled by fear. Jesus was kind and compassionate. Do you see the difference between how the world views power, how the world views kingship, how the world views ruling, and how Jesus views it, how Jesus lives it out? And do you think that shouldn't have some type of lesson for us as Christians? Because the, the path of the world to fear and wealth and all these things, all these trappings of the world that look so important, leave us empty and afraid and fearful. But Jesus, with his life of humility and of sacrifice and of love and of compassion and of redemption, show us the true path. That God has for us. I really think this is a, between Herod and Jesus, it's a perfect encapsulation of the path of the world and the path of God. We see the world's idea of kingship, and we see Jesus' and the Lord's idea of kingship. So they, they come, they come on this long and hard journey. And they come to worship. They come to worship. There's an old corny saying that you've heard it to be true. You've heard it, but I know it to be true. Wise men still seek him. And that's true. Wisdom comes not from this world like Herod seek the salt to have. But wisdom comes from God. And we, much like those Gentile priests, had the same command and the same purpose for our life. And that is to seek after the Savior. But just like those wise men, we too are going to have our challenges. They had a long journey. They had their fear as Gentiles even coming into this, this Jewish kingdom they had they had their feet they had all they, you think the other the other priest of uh, in their area thought they lost their mind to go off and leave and follow the star to this jewish king that's kind of crazy we have the same stuff y'all we have set the same challenges our journey to worship the king of kings will be full of challenges as well we have challenges outside of us what does the world think if we follow Jesus? What do our friends think? In, in both ways. So what does the world think if we lay down our life for the cause of Christ? But what does the world think as well if we seek to live out the compassion of Christ? Some folks are going to think we're crazy for putting aside the trappings of the world to follow Jesus. Some folks are going to think we're crazy for trying to love people 
trying to show mercy and compassion and justice, following Jesus in all of his dimensions, seeking to know Jesus in all of his dimensions is hard. It's hard. It's not easy. We've got to keep our eye focused just as they follow the star. We've got to keep our eye focused on Jesus or else we'll get lost. We'll get sucked in to the ways of the world, to the thoughts of the world, to the compassion, if you will, of the world, which is not compassion at all. The journey is hard to follow Jesus. We have, we have struggles outside. We have struggles within ourselves. Where we face our inner battles, the battles of sloth, the battles of pride and greed and lust and power. We don't just face the distractions and the struggles outside the world. Outside in the world, we face the struggles within our very souls. The, the temptation to hate, the temptation to, to not study God's word, the temptation to not be part of worship. The temptation to not really care about Jesus and care about others. We face, we face the distractions of the culture. We face the distractions within ourselves. But just like the wise men had the star guiding them, God has given us many stars to guide us. We have his word. Y'all, if we're not spending time daily in Scripture, we're not going to know his voice. We're not going to know his commands. We're not going to know his life. We're not going to know his purpose. We're not going to know his calling. If we're not spending time daily in his word, we're never truly going to know his voice and how to follow him. This is, as we start 2021, y'all, this is my greatest prayer. And this is why we do the Rooted in Christ. This is why Rooted in Christ is always a priority for me. Because I want you to hear God's voice through Scripture. I want you to truly understand Scripture. God has given us stars to follow. He's given us his word. He's given us his church. He's given us the gift of worship. And yes, worship still right now looks different. It's going to be getting better in the days to come, I promise. We're going to be getting back to normal at some point soon. But he's given us worship, whatever form we can find, whatever form we worship in right now. He's given us most of all the Holy Spirit and the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. We can experience that, experience the Spirit through communion, through prayer, through scripture, through worship, through fasting, through Christian friendship. He's given us these stars. Worshiping Jesus, seeking after Him is going to be hard, y'all. It is. The wise men faced a challenging journey. We will too. But just as God gave them what they needed to follow him, to find him. He will give us what we need to follow him today. Follow the stars that are sent. Follow his word. Follow his teaching. Follow his compassion. Follow his truth. Follow his love. Keep walking. The journey may be hard keep walking keep walking I think sometimes uh, about I'm not a hiker <laughs> uh, I don't really do the outdoors as you know but the few times in my life whenever we have sought 
to go places, to uh, to hike, or to 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 uh, to to be outside in those type things. You know, you're always on a creek bed, or you're always walking up a mountain, or you're always doing something like that. You're like, I'm not, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it out of this. One time on our honeymoon, Holly and I were up in the mountains, and uh, and we we kind of got lost. We look back, look back now. We really weren't lost. We really weren't. We think that we were, but we really weren't. But like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get out? And we follow the power lines. And said, Let's follow the power lines down, because we follow the power lines down. We'll get, we'll get back. We'll get off the bottom. We'll get to the bottom. Let's just follow these power lines. And we, we thought, oh no, what are we going to do? So we followed them. We followed them. We followed them. We finally got down. And we're like, oh, whoo, we survived. We made it. Yay us. Let's never go outside ever again. Yay us. Keep following. Keep following. Because when we follow Christ and we find Christ, we find his life, we find his purpose, we find his power. We find that that is so much better, y'all. So much better anything the world can ever offer. The wise men came. They paid him homage. They gave him gifts. They left full of joy. Let's do the same. Let's worship him. Let's give him our gifts and we're the best and our life is the best gift we can ever give him. Let's go out with joy. There's a world out there that needs to know him. There's a world out there that needs to know him. And just as we make it our life's purpose to follow him, it is equally our life's purpose to lead others to him. So may we seek him and may we point others to him because Christ and Christ alone is life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift that we can know through Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gift of epiphany, the gift of these wise men, and the gift of your salvation that comes through Jesus. We love you. Thank you for our church. God, help us together right now to seek our Savior with all that we are. We love you so much. We ask it in his sweet and holy name. Amen.